Welcome to episode 105 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brent Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Hey, you're back. I'm back. Yay. This episode, we hung out with Ben Klein and Anson Shaw from Rally Interactive. Ben is one of the co-founders and Anson is a developer who has the exact same personality as me, apparently. We recorded this at Epicurrence in Park City, Utah last week. If you want to go to Epicurrence, the Montus is happening in a few weeks, so definitely check that out. Uh, that's at montus.com. M-O-N-T-U-E-S, like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, go to it, meet rad people. Before we get into the episode, we want to thank our awesome sponsor for making this episode possible, and that's Wayno. Wayno is Bueno. They are one of our favorite agencies in the world, doing awesome work. They damn well deserve to be one of our favorite agencies. They are truly incredible. They have a fantastic team. We hung out with some of them at Epicurrence. Their designers are awesome. And if you want to join their ranks, they are hiring both full-time in New York and San Francisco. And they're also bringing on a new design intern in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about that, go to wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O. Check out their work, first of all, because their work's amazing for clients like Google, Fitbit, Airbnb, Dropbox, Reuters, Red Bull. Lonely Planet. Oh my God, the client list is amazing and their work is gorgeous. But while you're there, click the careers link in the header. They are hiring for internships and full-time. So definitely check them out and tell them we sent you their way. So thanks once again to Wayno for sponsoring the show. And now let's get into episode 105 with Ben Klein and Anson Shaw. Did you press record already? Don't say that. Uh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> nope. I'm Anson Shaw. <laughs> Can it just start that way? I'm a nobody. Nobody knows who I am. I'm a developer and a dad, and I have a life outside of my job. Dad developer. Ooh, Ooh there's some serious. A rare creature indeed. In <laughs> Wait, how many kids? Three. I I like the blank face. I feel like. I'm the only one who ever gives that off, and it's nice to have someone else do that too. Anson mentioned when he first met you, he didn't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. It, I think that you um, treat people exactly how I do, and I. <laughs> this is going to be great fun. I never am on the receiving end of that. And I don't. I don't know how to even recognize it from it's, other it's, people. It's very interesting seeing it's, the blank face from this perspective. Feel like, can you can you say some words, please? Like, this is great. Uh, so I'm Ben Klein. I'm a designer and co-founded Rally. And with I, not Anson. With not Anson, yeah. I'm not a co-founder. Just, but we were just the lowly developer. You know, we we've we've actually, for better or worse, have hired a lot of our friends that we met through the industry because just there's already a, tr- a layer of trust there mm-hmm. from previous working relationships. It's been the easiest way to do it. I mean, I so I didn't join Rally the, at the first opportunity. I had an offer to join and didn't turn us down. <laughs> I said, Hard. no. He was like, yeah. Anson Shant. Yeah, I was freelancing at the time. That was when we worked on that was right. National Parks. Yeah, so so one of our earlier projects was National Parks, um, which was an iOS app. And we, had, Anson, we brought in Anson to help dev it. And the devs had never touched Objective C, so it was learning together. They hired a freelancer for a job who didn't know how to make the thing that we were supposed to make. I mean, we were desperate because we t- we thought we were screwed. We thought we thought Nagio was going to sue us like a month into the contract. Why did you take that work? Because it's Nagio, dude. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? The I mean, That's the cool. assets. You had no resources to make it happen, but you just took the jump anyways. You just have to 
trust that you can make it work if something seems like a good opportunity, I think. I, the, I don't, some people even, I know people in other agencies who take on work that the budget is not good and they still take it on and they hurt from it because, and they just think that they'll make it up on reputation. Right. Sometimes that works out, I think, and sometimes it doesn't, but net, the Net Geo project was reasonable and it was exciting, super exciting. It was, it was a solid budget, but at the same time, we threw everything into it because we were just like, this is going to make us or break us. And I, you know, I was the only... So you designer. hired rookies. Yeah. Straight yeah, up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I, I was the, the only designer, but we did, we did hire Val, which is Jeff's, Jeff on the design team. Is, uh, that's Val, uh, Val is Jeff's girlfriend. And so we hired Val's Val. Val's last name? Valerie Jar. And incredible illustrator. And we pitched Nat Geo on branding the national parks, which sounds really silly, but like from back in the day, like national parks have always had, you know, stamps associated with them. And like you could check into the park and you could get your little like book patch. Well, and they'd even like physically stamp it Mm -hmm. too, you know? I think they have that. They have certain kinds of semi identity type pieces associated already with the parks, but they're not part of like, they're not all cohesive and we wanted something that was going to tie all the parks together and make it feel, you know, like a cohesive branded thing as a, as a whole. Like yeah. We were doing, we didn't do all the parks to start, I mean, but Val did all of the 50. Yeah. Cause we didn't know, parks right we didn't front. know if we would like, need all of them or it was, not, but it was pretty, pretty wild because I know, I mean, you'd have to ask her, I mean, she would be a great guest at some point too, but I'm sure she was super intimidated because we were just like, Here's 50 illustrations. We need this done like, you know, of course it's yesterday, you know. And, but like going back to, to learning something new, that was totally what that project was. It was just like, you, you have to just be okay being uncomfortable. And sometimes pressure, pressure's good. I mean, it really is for some people. I want to back up the timeline though, because we jumped right into to this make or break project, but how did Rally even start? Rally started out of, we all worked at a studio called We Like Small. They're still around. And we had all worked there. Like Anson had worked there. My co-founder Wes had worked there. A third co-founder, Thomas, was like the new business person at that studio. And after two and a half years, I was just sort of feeling burnt and just felt like it maybe wasn't the right place for me anymore. And so I I basically said, I'm going to go freelance. And this is where sort of the trouble started. Uh... I'm just going to tell, get into this, but, uh, they were like, well, why don't you stay on for three months to usher in like and mentor, like another art director coming in. And the problem with that was and agreeing to that on both sides was just like, because I was burnt, like that just has high potential for creating toxicity just behind the scenes. Cause you're just like already checked out and of I'm course, feeding was, it into the new person. It, it surprisingly didn't really go to that new person that came in it was more just you know anson who had already been working there wes who was the other co-founder mm-hmm. and finally wes at, pierce yeah wes pierce i was pretty new and i i could sense that there were you know things weren't smooth for everybody and i was just like i just started here things are pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean and i think we were wes and i were about 25 26 at the time so I stayed for almost three months, but as it approached my leaving date, like Wes was just like, dude, what are you doing? And I was just like, well, 
Thomas and I have been talking about maybe starting another studio. And the goal actually was, it wasn't to make money. Like it was, it wasn't to do the business part. It was just to do good work in the way that we thought we could do it a little bit better. And at the time, the studio did all campaign and advertising based work and, and flash work. And we were just like, I'm sick of seeing these campaigns die. I'm sick of telling my parents that I worked on a Dodge Charger site for the 2010 Dodge Charger. And they're like, oh, you mean like Dodge.com? And it's like, no, it's like 2010 DodgeCharger.com. <laughs> Super specific. Yeah. It's just like... Well, that's just microsites though. That's yeah, how they always no, are. That's yeah. true. Uh-huh. That's even better when it's like some address.com slash microsite hyphen whatever slash dot html honestly i feel like dot us yeah Yeah. i feel those microsites are just they're not for real customers and 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 people it's it's for the advertising industry yeah that's true just to show off it's really bizarre it's just to spend marketing budget crazy so you didn't want to do that anymore yeah we we were we were feeling pretty burnt on that and we felt like maybe we should focus more on things that people use but you know, leaving the studio, of course, having like I was the second employee there. I I left. Wes was the third, and Thomas was the fourth, or maybe I have that backwards, but it doesn't matter. Um, they were not happy. Yeah, <laughs> they were not happy. There were there were. It's been so long now. It's it's water on the bridge, but it was definitely tense times. Like they they weren't happy. Angry letters. Lawyers, so, so so you rallied together. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. And and when we started, we had to take on campaign-based work because that was the only thing we knew right out of the gate. That was the only thing that keep us going. We, Wait, we this is crazy. Stuff. This is crazy. So you didn't like the studio you were at because of the work you're doing. So you left, started a new studio doing the same work it was with the, the same it was the, it was the only, <laughs> I know, it's, it is crazy, but it was the only way to try and bootstrap. Like yeah. Bootstrap. Oh, it makes it's, sense. It's just funny. Like, it's really, it is. Ironic, it yes. is. Don't you think it's probably kind of a control thing? I mean, I left We Like Small after they did and did my own thing. I just freelanced. I was there for one year and then I just went freelance and it was great. It was the same kind of stuff, you know, advertising type stuff and things like that. Banners. I did some banner work, which it's all the same work and it's not fun or better other than the fact that, um, you can tell people no, you can turn down work, you have a lot more control. And I think it's just kind of like a controlling your destiny kind of thing. Sure. Um, You can decide whether you want to be invested in it or not. And I think that encouraged, like Wes is kind of, he's even more um, of an elusive, he doesn't like to talk very much, but he's, I mean, he's the unsung hero behind tons of rally stuff. And um, I think people are starting to be more aware of who he is, even though he doesn't really show his face much online. But we just put a which is also show notes. which is also Anson. I mean, you, you've you've really I feel like four years ago, we would not be here like Anson would not be here. I almost, I kind of didn't even want to come to this thing. To, <laughs> He's been bothering us all day about it. Like, hey, when are we going to do this thing? When, when can we do this thing? Wait, do, like, he, I, I he was just, not interested at all. Yeah. Let's dig into that. So I want to follow the timeline a little bit and catch up to where Anson joined in. But how did you switch from doing campaign work that you didn't like to doing work that you did like? And then Anson, I want to get into like why you decided to, to get out of freelancing as well. So it's we literally just took a chance on a local project that was an iPad app and it was for 
the national parks in Utah and Four Corners area. And the budget was terrible. We knew we were going to lose money. And we were just like, we have to do this because we haven't like, we haven't done an app. We have not, we've done nothing but campaign work for our entire career. And we just dug in a lot of late nights over months and months. And Wes decided not to use like objective C. He was just like, I'm going to use like the Corona framework because it seems more approachable. Uh, and maybe if we wanted, yeah. That's like game framework, by the way. For I mean, this is a design podcast, but that's for making games, not yeah. normal apps. I don't even know if it's around anymore. I, 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 I'm not I, sure. I don't know. I don't think it is. And so... Sure, the other just thing, in JavaScript the other thing is, I convert to Objective-C. What's that? That's the way to do it. It's Lua. Is it Lua? Yeah. Crazy. The other thing I, that Ben didn't mention is that this he's saying National Parks makes it sound kind of sexy, but this was for a company called Utah.com, which... Great domain name, but they just mostly made brochures and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you can it's go there. Sick domain name. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why it was a business, yeah. right? Because it was a good domain name. And and there's always there's always mapping components in all our products. And but that's, it wasn't that's like the Department thing. of Tourism. It was just kind of like it's a good company. I mean, they make good stuff, and they make they provide value, and that's why they're around. They've been around for a while. But so they around all the national parks, they built these like physical maps, like illustrator files that were printed out and people would buy them like i think it was they hired well, a cartographer i think so i mean it was custom done yeah it was yeah. just a resource for people visiting and it was good but they but, they they actually sold like at 10 bucks a pop they they sold probably 200,000 300,000 a year which is crazy but i, I could have, be off on those numbers their I mean, digital five stuff years was ago, but. a little weak and so, so we, we were taking those maps and then creating a really lightweight like CMS using Django and putting points of interest on a map that you could tap on. And there was, and like, I remember I was doing data entry. Like as soon as the design was done and stuff, like I was feeling, I was the one like filling out the data for all these points. I don't know how many hundreds of points there were and the photos. And we, so we just, we took a chance on a project that we knew we were going to lose money on. We had never done an app before. Uh, it got noticed by Apple. And it got picked up in like at that time. It's not. It wasn't best new apps. Of course, it was like I don't know the featured apps of the week or something like that. Picked up there. National Geographic saw it. Somebody over there. They were like, "We're well into the RFP process. We're already talking tons and tons of agencies," and that's what sort of got us in the door. This is interesting though because we we mentioned or was it? Did I bring it up? It was something about like hoping that the reputation pays off because right. I mean I was writing bikes with ben at the time i think and yeah yeah you were like you didn't have an those, those are therapeutic you rides you didn't have an office yet ben was going over to wes's house and wes had a family he had a kid already by that time ben was just staying there like all day and all night basically until like 11 p.m or something like that sometimes way i wasn't part of the company but i hear about it on bike rides and stuff and i i kind of told him he was stupid to do it because i had never seen it pay off i've right. seen yeah. i've seen a lot of examples of it not paying off you do good work and it people pat you on the back but it doesn't really do that much for you the eternal optimist you, over just, here. you just win some design awards yeah i mean it's funny because like looking at design awards is like that's not the end goal right but it does that kind of stuff does help it it can but i mean in terms of just getting your name out there as a brand anson's really excited but this, all, this is actually all really about, interesting. About literally story. everything. So I hate I hate all awards. I thought you were just going to stick with I hate. <laughs> I'm, they should just. I worry about. That I need to check more myself a little bit. I'm going to censor myself probably on this podcast more than 
Don't I'd censor. Like to, but Don't um, censor. I'm not going to censor the fact that I hate awards, and that's all. All awards. Why? Because they're completely they're completely arbitrary. It's just people with opinions who think they just proclaim themselves as some kind of arbiters of taste. It, like somehow their opinion is more valuable than other people's. The can, Oscars. Can we find an award to give Anson? Yes, please. please. The arbiter of taste. <laughs> that, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. Um, so, that mean, should go on your Twitter we'll profile. We'll be arbiters of taste there. to tell him he's an arbiter of taste. <laughs> so before, before, before I worked at We Like Small, I worked at a place called Struck, which Ben did not work at, but I did work with Wes there for a little bit. And after a little bit working there, there was some project that did, they launched it and it did well. And they were like, good news, everybody. We won side of the day, FWA side of the day. And I was like, what the hell is that? I don't know what that is. And everybody was giving me these funny looks like, dude, that's like why we do this. <laughs> I was just like, this is dumb. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's all, you, that's sites, all you could do with campaign work. But too, these though. sites don't could... even get seen by normal people, I don't think. I mean, I would love to see some kind of study on this, but nobody I know other than people who work on this stuff give two craps about any of these sites that are like the microsite style stuff. And then you get awards for it and it's like, it's just like a pat on, it's like patting yourself on the back. You pay an entry fee and then they're like, that's, yeah, that, we, that part is, we really took a weird, screenshot yeah. of it and we like the screenshot. It's like, it's a web, it's interactive. Right. Did you ever like scroll down even? Did you go to it? Yeah. Nah, we don't need to. Or it's like, oh, I know who did this. It should win. Award. So, so like this is skipping ahead, but um, we won a pretty prestigious <laughs> award that I actually kind of did hold in some esteem was the Apple Design Award. We won that for the National Parks app. And now I don't have any respect for it either. <laughs> really? we shouldn't have won. He, he was... There's better apps. Oh, of course. We... I, I can't tell if you're just like... There's like this... I can't remember You have said the it, plague of creators who don't think their work's good and worthy of praise, but I, I wouldn't say that that's an arbitrary award or that that you didn't deserve it and it doesn't mean anything. I don't think, I'm not saying that it was a bad app. It's probably some of my, uh, working on that project is some of, that's like what I would consider some of my best work in my career probably, or at least what I enjoyed the most. I mean, looking back at it, it looks old now and everything. So you have to kind of look at it in context, but I like, I liked working on that app and I felt pretty proud of it, but I don't think it should have won an Apple design award. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree, but I do think it's part of that. Like, I think I, I just know now that it's like, there's this, it's just like a club of like, who's in and we, I somehow we got in and I don't know how, but like, it just, it's kind of disappointing sometimes. Cause you're like, this was good, but you look around and you see how good other stuff is. And people like work doesn't necessarily speak for it's good work. Doesn't always speak for itself. It needs uh, and, and you you need to promotion. get you need to get you lucky. Need to, you need to know bit. the right people. Yeah. You need to get lucky. We're just it's, not, it's not build it and they will come. It's build it and like market it to a group. Of people. Yeah, or or just you get lucky and somebody with the right you know the right following picks up on yeah. it. You know? And in this case, for you, kind of to back up, it was getting National Geographic interested in, in what you guys could build. Totally right. Yeah, that's that's definitely where it started okay so yeah. we're almost we're almost back to, to where we were but <laughs> yeah what happened when they reached out they they said we liked what you did 
we want this project. And you just said yes? No, so the... I wish it was that easy. We were up I, against other people. So we were up against a out. lot of other studios. And the way the RFP process works is essentially companies send out like documents of like, this is what we want to do. Um, submit your bid and your proposal of what this might be. Sometimes this means like routinely uh, turn down some RFPs that require spec work. We're just like, no, we can't. But back then we probably would have done it. And we did provide a, a bunch of ideas. So we made a proposal just like all the other studios had done. And it was a written proposal. And then after that, we had, they essentially broke it down to three finalists, studios, that would then have to fly out to DC and present in front of like the stakeholders. And so we were one of three that got selected to go. And so then I was like scrambling, like, okay, now we actually got to like put some thinking into this and like make a little keynote. And it wasn't like designs, it was ideas of like what this could be. So we flew out there and we got to DC and Wes, Thomas, myself, you know, we were in this boardroom and I think there was probably almost a dozen people in there and these really like old school, like almost like law firm style, like big chairs and stuff, just like not your, not your tech scene, right? Like, and we put the keynote up and said, this is who we are. This is what we think this could be. And here's a little bit of the work that we've done. We had a little bit of work to show, but really it was just that one app and a couple of little, little stupid campaign things. So we did the best we could. We left. We didn't know about anything because they still had to go through. I think we were the first studio that they, that they you know, the, the first finalists that they were interviewing essentially. Apparently one of those studios opened, had brought an iPad to the meeting and opened up uh, Canyon Country National Parks, the app that we had done. No. (laughs) And it was like, this is what we think this app should be. Oh, and it was, it had rally right on there. And they had no idea. They had no idea that, that That you guys were the finalists. And all these, so these, the way these things work too is you like have scorecards, like these big companies. And then when they're doing these sort of interviews of of studios to take on a project, they'll like put scorecards put scorecards down they'll like and so we always joke like i wonder what like to be a fly on the wall like once that happened like just the scribbling that would have that would have transpired you know because we had already presented and everything and oh man what a good story i think that that's so like luck. the funniest, it's, i mean this is there's the so many things that, that fell into place right and that's where it's just like sure i thought we did decent work but that's not what i mean it's just there's a lot of little lucky steps that happened i mean they didn't even know it was lua no, I well, mean, we hadn't even come up with a plan of how to do it. I, I keep saying we, and I wasn't really that involved. Ben, Ben talked to me a lot because he was on bike rides with me a lot. Cause I didn't know what I, I was doing and we I still, bikes a lot. Yeah. And I would just, I would just, it was just a, a rant of like, so he was like, we're up against these five other, I can't remember how many people it, it was, well, quite it was a few. three. There was a lot of studios initially, but it was three finalists. And one of, one well, of you the, told me when you were a finalist and I was like, that's crazy. How did you? get to be a finalist and then i was i think i said something like well there's no way that you're actually going to get it is there? <laughs> like, that's no exactly what i would expect you to say yeah, no yeah. well i mean come on i mean I, I, most, I, to be this, quite honest like i'm i'm like anson and i pretty different people like i'm i'm very much an optimist like through and through and even i was just like yeah, i don't think ben this is a, this is a hell mary a total hell mary well here the thing to think about is that it's nat geo which is a pretty big company, pretty desirable, I think, to work with. People would like to work with them. And the type of agency that we had worked at doesn't work 
directly with companies of that size. They work, if you're going to work on something for NetGeo, you work through a bigger ad agency, Middleman, which sucks all the creativity and fun out of it because you have like multiple levels of managers. You're just executing on an idea that's not even your idea, basically. And so this, and I think that that was kind of the case for most small agencies, studios. They work with all the most prestigious work goes through another agency. And so this was direct and, you know, they have no employees, partners only. No, no. I mean, the three people, three person company, and they want this like flagship app for the national parks thing. You know, I don't know. They had other apps. And I, we, in the proposal deck, because I knew Anson, I knew another freelancer, Tyler Martin, and we, we straight up put them in the deck like as part of the team. I think it was like a five-person team or something. Like these people Just don't. to try and show you had a little more manpower. Yeah. Yeah. Even though like most, you know, two of those people didn't actually work for us. Really. I like the I mean, idea that like adding two people to a deck is like, now we're impressive. Now this is serious. <laughs> like we're going to respect that. Hireable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was the next step? So what was the scramble like when you found out you got the, the job? There was a the, when we got it, it was just like, how how are we going to do this? Like the timelines pretty was was pretty gnarly. I mean, this was like around Christmas. Once we actually found out we got the job, it was almost Christmas, and this the first the app had to go live on like April fourth or April 9th. And they initially wanted iPad like a universal build like right out of the gate. They wanted Android too. I think. They wanted Android too, and all the features on the sun, of course, of course, yes. Yeah. And so I think. It was, it was just you, you put your head down, you know, and jam. And so I worked through the holidays, like just trying to get like a first idea of like what this thing could be from like a, a, a flow and visual style and, and stuff. So it, we, yeah, I mean, it, there wasn't that much to it. It was just kind of like, it was awesome because we had creative leeway. I mean, we could make our own plan. Nobody was dictating it for us. So we were, we thought that we had to do an Android app too. And so we were wondering about doing it the same way that Wes had done the other app. But he didn't really love that idea um, just because it, it wasn't like the most suitable tool, really. Like it, it worked. It was hacky. Right? Like kind of. I mean, like I said, it was, it's, a, it's a game framework. So, then, so at the end of the day, you guys put it on yourself. To yeah, like so we said we want this thing to be this. native. We want it to feel perfect. We want scroll views to feel like iOS scroll views. We want buttons to like all of... There's a lot of things that I don't I don't know if people actually pay attention or if it goes kind of under the radar but things like response like if you if you tap a button it inside of a scroll view there's a certain delay before it actually triggers it's like 300 milliseconds yeah 300 milliseconds and you can get around that by doing other things but like a lot of those type of things if you use some framework that's just completely weird to like non-native to the platform it's okay for things like games because it's a game is I consider games just a completely different thing altogether from normal apps, but people have certain expectations with normal apps. And if you, if you break those expectations, I think people don't like it. And I don't think it's even a conscious thing. A lot of times it's like you, you scroll the scroll view and it slams into the top and it's supposed to rubber band in a certain way. And if you fake it because it's not a real scroll view and you do a bad job, people don't like that. People know. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it. People don't go, oh man, that acceler- de- the deceleration was like uh, about 1.5 t- times too fast, but it lasted a little. You know, it, they don't know like that, but mm. 
They're like, oh, that's not. It, it just, just it feels, just feels weird. More They're like, what happened? Yeah. What happened there? Yeah. It's weird. And even so, web, web views at the time. So too. it was super. Well, yeah. And there's, I mean, that's getting into some of the challenges, I guess, of building the app. Is there's a lot of content, um, kind of wordy in some places, and there was essentially no text layout control in UIKit at the time. There's a lot more now, and it's not necessarily super easy to control everything still because text layout is just kind of hard. The web makes it look easy, but it's not that easy. Um, so there were a lot of web views because that's just how you did it in iOS at the time. Web views, basically a sort of embedded web browser, stripped down web browser in the app. Like just iframes? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. basically, yes. And um, it's like a dirty secret that a lot of people didn't really realize unless you start building stuff and you realize that you need it because, and then a lot of the text is just styled with CSS and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But that said, it's pretty different from just having something like a phone gap app or something like that, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not the same as building it with native UI kit controls. It's just, it's a little different feeling. So all the, all this stuff was laid out in code and like there wasn't, you know, you guys didn't use. We, oh yeah, that was another decision was um, interface builder was kind of, that's how you lay stuff out we visually. We're getting super technical here, but no, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, um, but we we didn't want to do that, so I don't know. And we kept doing it for many years that way, and I think we've learned some things recently. But yeah, that's, still that's like jumping way. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. So, at what point boring. along this project, Ensign, did you decide to switch from freelance to becoming full time at Rally, or was that even time on this project? Never. It didn't happen. Didn't happen. No, actually, we, we after was it after it won the Apple Design Award? We gave you an offer to come on. He's like, ooh, ADA. <laughs> yeah, it was like I, maybe it was before, uh, I already I got an know. Apple Design Award. Do you know how famous I am now? <laughs> <laughs> My salary must go up by. I don't need your stupid job. Yeah. Um, no, I I turned it down because it was tempting, but um, you still it, liked working on banners, apparently. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I just like the freedom, you know. Um, freelancing is pretty cool and hard to beat, but and I haven't been doing it for a while, and I kind of miss it in a way, but you give up other things, especially if you're somebody like me who doesn't... I'm horrible at self-promotion. I hate trying to put myself in front of people. Huh, weird. Maybe, maybe this can be the building banners, dude. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the problem is when nobody knows who you are, you don't get very good work. It's kind of weird how that... Mm happens but <laughs> i can't explain it yeah they're like we want you to work on this you know the biggest brands working direct with just you know me directly not gonna happen so so i <laughs> but i I clung, I clung to the idea for a little while so it was at least another year or maybe yeah two. it was it was a while um it would have two years i think i would have had a pay cut and i would have been working probably more hours for less money which, you know, it's just honesty, but... The curse of... I mean, that's just how it is, studios. like the difference between freelancing and being a full-time employee. There's, there are other benefits of being a full-time employee, but... I unless like, unless I like maybe I if have. you're in a product company, because like, I think the benefits have just gotten so good. Although, maybe. I mean, living in the Bay I mean, Area, like it's getting I, insanely expensive. So I worked I in my basement in my underwear... Nice. And, and that's a benefit you can't replace. <laughs> can't, <laughs> this is true. You can't replace that, you know? So what eventually what started to push you towards towards the full time? Just a realization that I was never going to get 
interesting enough work I wanted. Rally was kind of seemed like they were on this unstoppable like <laughs> rise. It was it was pretty crazy because so the canyon country thing led to national parks, which was that was probably the most significant thing I would say in Rally's history is just like going from smaller clients direct to bigger clients. I think that that's a really hard step to make because it's it was at the time i think it's easier now maybe so actually. um at that time i feel like it was pretty difficult but then that led to other things and they had a relationship with uh snowboard snowbird ski like the ski area local to us which is like on the other side of this mountain right yes. yeah yeah all the ski areas yeah. like in park city and salt lake are like really really close to each other there's um, just canyons that are all next to one another essentially mm-hmm. um and so that site turned out great um i wasn't involved on it really um other than i think i did so, like a couple hours of pro bono work because i hated how west built something and i rebuilt it for him. <laughs> this isn't right <laughs> yeah i, I actually is uh, a buddy of mine too josh corliss uh he did the same thing. He was just like, he was seeing how the site was developing. It's like, I love this, but man, you really messed up this loader. Like, and he seriously just built it. And that's what went on the site too. I think the thing that I did was, um, the mobile site and the desktop site were built. This was when responsive design was kind of starting to become a thing, but it wasn't really, I still don't think people have it figured out super well, but, um, they were built completely separately, completely separately. Is that um, called adaptive design? I mean, What's this, the, they don't have a term for this because yeah. nobody does it. It's kind of frowned upon, I think. It is. But I actually don't think it's as bad as some people say, probably. But it was just a totally different site. Just like building the site twice completely you know, like, right. differently. Right. And so anyway, there's this kind of neat transition that was pretty innovative looking at the time anyway. The menu that opened up. You. It, was it, oh, are was you it saying? Like oh, the, the, are you talking about the mobile, like the cube, the mobile layout, the, yeah, the cube stuff. So yeah. the cube, like yeah. when you click a link, it would do a cube rotation horizontally. But I didn't. It wasn't that. It was the thing that if you touch the menu, don't icon. ask about intent on that one. I can't give you any. <laughs> yeah, it looked sweet. Yeah, that's, seriously. Well, I mean, it's stuff like that gets lots of likes on Dribble. It's, it's true. Pretty. <laughs> but the Anson, smile. how do you feel about Dribble? Totally guilty. Hate smile. it. I don't know. He's on there. No, he's on, he's on our team. There's a lot of good work. No I avatar. Technically have, I have an account, technically. Got like six followers. Yeah. No work. I want to... I keep thinking of all these ideas of how to just parody the all the stupid trends on Dribble. I think Dribble's great because people post a lot of good work, but... Um, like, I feel like you're lying right now. No, people do good work. There's a lot of... Illu- like, great. Really, no, like the <laughs> illustrators and stuff like that. Um, I do get annoyed with how samey it is. It's like you'd think that a ton of this stuff is done by the same person because they're aping someone else's style so hard. You can't even tell the difference. I mean, seriously, like it's true. It is. Um, Ben is even guilty of some of these things that I hate, like <gasps> putting a render of a, like a screen into a rent, a 3d render with, with a just like offset. Like that was like a thing yeah, for like a while. Yeah, tilted yeah. Totally at was, an yeah. angle. And there's That's a reflection. That's how you use these things. There's a reflection on the screen of rocks or some crap in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Is Why aren't you just showing the screen? That's what you made, right? So, But now I, we made this. I hate stuff like that. <laughs> now there's hands wrapped around them. Like, that matters. Oh, man. I, look at this hand that I made. Oh. I mean, and this is... It gives and, context. And, and to know? be honest, like... I, can't, I have no imagination. I can't picture it on an actual screen without somebody just, like, drawing that 
out for me. And this is the tension I feel like over the years yeah. is just like I'll tell Ben straight up, like, why are you doing that? That's we'll stupid. tell everybody straight up. But yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's because it gets more likes on Dribble. I've studied it, and it's true. I it feel like you've is. come around though. Like you years ago, you were even more like, I don't know what the analogy was like way back in the day that we were talking about, and it's just like you don't want to live. It sounds like a stupid analogy, but like nobody really wants to live in. A neighborhood that's just all the houses look the same. You go in the grocery store and it's just like all yeah. the labels are the same. But it's, what if they have thick line and illustrations on? Unless them? your name is Bryn <laughs> or Anson or Wes, because Wes is just like this was a debate between you and Jeff, uh, another designer at Rally. Um, you guys were talking about like neighborhoods. So in Salt Lake, there's the avenues, which is there's some really expensive houses that are super nice, like really modern, very cool, and then they have right next door some dilapidated super meth old. house type oh it's, it's not like it's, that. Come on. i don't know man some of them are yeah. pretty bad but there's the old 1800s. but it's it's very interesting because it's more it's the most character you'll find in salt lake as far as a neighborhood goes i think there are some other things that are areas that are kind of you know cool in that way too but um uh jeff was saying that he thinks that everything would be better if just everything was amazing, right? Like everything was designed perfectly and there's, there's diversity, but it's all, it's diversity, but still amazing. All of it's amazing. And you and I were kind of saying, you kind of have to have some crap. You need to have the bitter. In or yeah. else you just can't appreciate it. Yeah, and I absolutely I sided agree. with you on that for sure. But I, but going back even further years ago, like I remember having an argument with Wes that was just like, you don't want to shop at a grocery store and just look at all of the stuff and it's just like all Helvetica Black and white, everything. I mean, like, wouldn't that be weird? Why would like, you want that anyway? Well, he he claimed those like he was like, that's that's I want that. I want Swiss design grocery store. Everything, <laughs> the Swiss everything, grocery. just all the same and just perfectly like kerned. It's just all cheese and hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even things like Whole Foods. There, it's kind of amazing <laughs> how good this stuff is designed, but it's weird. It's weird for me to go in there because everything is. You go down this aisle and every bottle looks exactly the same and looks like some weird alternate universe. I mean, and to rein this back in, it really comes down to like the, I, I think we feel, there's strong opinions in Rally that like, all the, it's okay that all designs are starting to look the same and like things are starting to look ubiquitous on the web and on all stuff. And some of us just feel like that's just like kind of lifeless, you know? Like these are things that people use and um, I think from a usability perspective, like it's good that there are conventions, but like from a look and feel and style perspective, I think it's good. It's it's good to have a little variety, honestly. C certain things kind of need to be the same because unless you're, it's sort of fundamental, right? Like cars, it's, I feel like sometimes designs are so out there. People are trying so hard to be different that it's like if they were designing a car, like we a wouldn't even have Dodge four Charger. wheels. Wouldn't have four wheels. Yeah, it'd be a motorcycle because that's the best. It'd be a Segway. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know what it would be. It'd be like some weird, wacky thing that nobody could figure out. A robotic looks, horse. Like, I don't know. I mean, you certain things are just fundamental, right? Like a car has four wheels, a steering wheel, blah blah blah. And but you can do a lot with those constraints, but don't throw out the constraints that are important. You know. How do you guys deal at, at Rally with? dev versus design relationships and kind of fighting over the way things should be uh, and I guess arriving at a conclusion that you ship how does that happen just because I can tell you disagree uh, that's a on good a lot question. of things I mean 
I mean, there's there is a lot of going like going back and forth and arguing in a way that sometimes it can get a little contentious. But like, I think everybody does a pretty good job of like not letting it get too personal, like not attacking one another. And eventually, you start to figure out like you need you need to compromise a little bit. Honestly, yeah, I like can't. some of the designers like I'm guilty of this. I'll take something way too far for really like there's an there's like loose intent behind it, but like. It's still just like I just want to. It's it's cool, and it's just like this is pointless, and and that, that needs to come from like the devs. Oh. Just bring it up to your mouth. Oh yeah, sorry. I can't speak for everybody at Rally, but I mean personally, I I feel like I'm learning a lot to choose my battles. There's things that I care a lot about. There's things I care a little about, and I'd prefer to have my way on all of it. But do, do you feel like living in Utah is what makes you salty? Uh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh shut up <laughs> no I just that's just who i am but I, I i wonder though if had we started somewhere else like would the work have been the same i don't know you know like just in terms of like the outdoorsy work that we first started doing with like snowbird and national parks and would you have gotten that right yeah absolutely and like would we have i don't want to say tried hard to sort of differentiate ourselves, but we did a little bit with like interactions and really, really caring about like crafting things a bit further, which essentially meant like the business would lose more money because it's more time, you know? So a lot of studios are, you know, they have to be conscientious of like their burn rate. And like, we just were just, we're just like, fuck it. As long as we don't go under. And sometimes we get, we got close. We got, we got really close. Like we've been, quarters where you know the partners weren't able to get paid at all and we had employees and it's just like and 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 we did that to ourselves what was going through your head when you can't even pay yourself uh you just hope that it turns around that you that another project comes in that's the right fit and sometimes you get desperate like there's there are products that we had to take on eventually that we're just like we have to take this on and this this might really suck you just hit the grind did you ever think about a plan b was there ever that that feeling of what happens if we can't pull out this quarter always yeah i mean but the the plan b is just i don't know really what that is you know it's we thought at one point and this is going way ahead that you know recently that we weren't gonna be able to buy out a founder and that would mean the studio would just essentially have to close down. And so we were just like scrambling like, well, maybe we all need to move to San Francisco. As that was all happening, uh, we did succeed buying out a founder. And the big lesson for me, and I think for everybody, because we, we were pretty transparent, I think, with the whole team. Anson, correct me if, if I'm wrong. But... Uh, no, you're right. <laughs> just right so far. Uh, like we didn't yes. have... Uh, a buyout agreement when we started a company. So like for those people out there that want to start companies, uh, figure that all that stuff out when things are peachy. If you have co-founders. I don't think we've done that. No, we have one. <laughs> done, I think we done have done what, that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, and so, so, so like there's the operating agreement that's like, you know, you, you, you incorporate the business with this LLC and then you're sort of like, here are the shareholders. But then there's another agreement that you have to have drafted. It's like, what happens if a shareholder has to leave or you got to buy? Right. You know? All the listeners have just hit stop on their podcast app right now. Why? 
by it. Like, well, they, no, I guess, I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that like we we didn't think it was gonna we didn't think it was gonna work because we didn't have that agreement in place, and that just can mean a stalemate within a business. Like it just can be and legal battles. Partnerships just get tricky. I mean, I'm not in it, but like we know other agencies around town who have gone through similar issues yeah. where you just like. I don't know. It's like you fall out of love or something. You start arguing too much and you can't reconcile it or there's just people just people just grow, grow apart. And, and, and that's where we, but then it's not like on paper, how, what you do about it, you know? Yeah. And, but it's also like we were, Wes and I were very, like, we didn't want to lose what we had formed or we didn't want to like leave people behind and just lay everybody off because we had to close down the business and the brand and everything. We just all go find jobs. And so we started exploring other options. I encourage Wes all the time to lay everybody off, in, including me. This is true. Why do you say that? Because he's a, because those were the glory days of rally when it was just Ben and Wes. Oh no, that's not true. That's not true at all. We're just dragging you guys down. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I mean, <laughs> downer. Yeah, no, I mean, I see he's got proof. Drag down this entire yeah. conversation. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> <Where> <laughs> do we, boom, thread killer. Podcast Mission killer. Combo breaker. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when you're a, a founder or even a, a senior level person and you're privy to like a lot of the business and what's happening and, and stuff starts to go badly, you're just like, what am I going to do? Like, this this might not work out, you know, like, and you start have, having to look at other options. What were you thinking during that time, Anson? When we were looking at acquisition stuff? Mm-hmm. Aqua hire. Uh, I was interested in it. I mean, I like to keep options open and until it, you know, is ruled out for one reason or another. I don't want to just have a knee jerk reaction and just say, I think there are a lot of people on the team who they're, they moved to Utah to be, to have the Utah life kind of like it's great here for certain types of people who value certain types of things. It's pretty hard to beat. And it would, it would kind of suck to move to San Francisco because it's not there. You know, it is there. It's just, not really. it's, it's so much. It's, it's you just, can, it's you so can, inaccessible compared to here. You can hang on to it and you can keep your hobbies and stuff, but it's, it's not going to be the same. I can ride my mountain bike from my house and be on dirt in like a couple miles and, be alone that would never happen in san francisco so what's what's the utah your team's perspective on design culture in san francisco differences that you've noticed and sounds like you want to avoid at some level just talking to people that i meet from the area yeah yeah i mean i don't really i don't really know that much i mean the the only thing that bothers me is just that the i mean the housing is just out of control and i am i have a family i bought a house I have a yard. I have a lawnmower. <laughs> uh, you fish or you, you, you fix uh, washing machines? Yeah, that's what I've been telling everybody about my latest and greatest weekend escapades. Vincent Shaw, washing machine engineer. Yeah. Yeah. I true. replaced a belt in one. That's nice, pretty cool, dude. huh? Um, People, I've already <laughs> said stuff on podcast. That's pretty player. neat. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, no, it's just uh, like I started running the number. I actually, people were not excited and, um, because they wanted to live in Utah and I did too, but I was open to the idea. It seemed interesting. A lot of the stuff that sounds kind of like BS when people say, oh man, you're going to work on something that affects five bazillion people. Like sometimes it sounds like, yeah, but you're here for money. Right. But it, it's kind of true. I mean, like that's kind of a big deal to 
have your work seen by a lot of people. I think people want that. And I could see the value in working on those types of things. Um, but I started, I mean, personally, I was running the numbers and not everybody at Rally has a family or kids. Most don't. And for me, I was just, I mean, I did a little bit of research and realized that it's impossible. I can't do it. I mean, I just can't. I'd have to live in the tenderloin and see people masturbate on the streets or like my kids would see that stuff, man. That's you can not okay. play dog or human. I mean, it's just like, this was actually, so that's pulled from a conversation I had just recently because somebody said that that actually happened um, to... I feel like that's just that's also just big cities. I mean, that's not just San Francisco. San Francisco is a like special that place, City man. <laughs> it is. It Very is. unique. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it's a cool place. There's a lot of cool things happening, and I think that I think there's a little bit of groupthink that goes on there. It's a little. It's kind of a silly place. I think people get caught up in their own bubble. It's a silly place. Silly's not for Anson. Anson's <laughs> not a silly person. Very, no. very serious no. all the time. No, it's all good. No, nothing but serious no. stuff for me. Um, no, I, I think it's it is eye opening for, um, and it's not just for us. I think other places in smaller um, towns, cities, and you're in the design, you, you're in the design community there, but it's so small, and you are definitely like that sort of industry is just not a thing really like the majority of the industry in salt lake is not design and tech i mean tech's getting a lot bigger but there's tech but it's it's kind of like salt tech but it's still like I goldman mean, like, sachs has Microsoft. thousands of employees there yeah well, it's just, there's that too but i mean there's some of the tech companies are starting to come there microsoft has an office there there's a really big adobe building that employs a lot of people in like not provo lehigh American Fork, I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's still it, the the presence is just isn't there in Salt Lake. And whenever I go to San Francisco, it's very much like, wow, design is this weird. It's it's just like to me, it's this very subjective. Like I'm just super grateful I can make a little bit of money and provide for my wife and two cats, uh, and doing something that's like doesn't always feel like a real job. Those needy like, cats. <laughs> what's that? Those needy cats. They are yeah, needy. They are super Didn't needy. you pay for surgery for one? No, no, no. You're like, I would, I would never. I draw the line. Man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, but I feel like in San Francisco design is like this pretty serious thing. Mm. And I don't know how I feel about that. Honestly, they all want UX gurus. Just kidding. I mean, it's, but, I don't even know. If that's. A joke. I mean, I it's come up several that. times. Like hiring out here is hard. It must be tempting at some level to open something there, get, because designers are going there less than they're going to a place like Salt Lake. Absolutely. Just statistically, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's come up, but it's also like, I just don't know how. So the, the, one of the reasons why Rally will always be pretty small probably is because Wes and I, and I think most people that work there, I don't think we want to solve the operational problem of scaling. It's just not a problem I think it's a really interesting problem, but it's just not for me personally. It means less time skiing, right? Less time skiing, less time mountain biking, and like less time, frankly, like really being close to the to the work. You know, I I spend uh, a good amount of my time not you know doing physical design work, but I'm still very close to it. I'm still with the design team and and the dev team. We're we're not a day goes by that we don't talk about something that's very related to work that we're doing. If the company grew, somebody would have to be 
there would have to be several people that would have to just not be a part of the work anymore, be part of the people, be a part of just the operations. And I just don't know how to how to do that. And I, I don't know how to do like multiple offices or, or that kind of stuff. And and maybe maybe somebody will rise to the occasion within Rally or maybe somebody will join Rally. It's just like, I want that challenge. I want to do that. So I'm not going to like say, I'm gonna, not going to shut it down that like that could never happen. It just probably won't be me in the company that's going to spearhead that. Interesting. Got it. You okay. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I want to move to Montana. Can I do that? I mean, still work for Rally. <laughs> that's another thing. I mean, Brian, you and I were talking about, you know, you worked remotely at, at Buffer and the challenge is there. Uh, I'd love to be able to have people work remotely too. It's just, we, we haven't been able to figure out a good process to allow like great work and communication to happen. I feel like inevitably I'm super curious about Envision and how they're churning out the amazing work they're churning out with that company being almost entirely remote. Yeah. Teams are doing it. It seems like the more people write and the more companies that give it a go, the, the smoother of a process it will be. Uh, I think there's still just some like core realities of of remote work that are almost unavoidable and it's depending on how big the company is like Anson if you were the only one in Montana maybe based on what little I know about you maybe this wouldn't apply as much but I think that there's a very real experience of being uh, isolated somewhat lonely uh, feeling out of touch with the people that you're shipping work with and I this think that builds over Anson's time. most excited face. <laughs> it's just like holy shit sign me up he's like I can do that <laughs> isolation where do I sign up uh, no you're right um, when you walk past somebody else's desk and you just see what they're working on you get to comment on it you can ask it's just so much easier you know I think you can do it remotely but it's hard I mean every time we have a client call or whatever and it's a, a video call and you're trying to share screens it's this big elaborate th- even things that are supposed to be easy like skype and google hangouts and stuff like that it is kind of easy but everyone their microphone doesn't work so they have to restart their classic account. hangouts i mean i can't when is slack gonna get that video integration like that that has to happen like it has i know it's got to be worked on like but you know it, the point is it's harder it's more work and when you literally sit next to somebody who you're working with it's just you say hey question can you talk for a second cool what's your opinion on this and it's it's a lot easier and it's not like you can't do that remote but it makes it makes that more of a challenge i think how do decisions get made at rally because from the way we've talked and what i've heard is you all push each other and it almost sounds like there's no hierarchy in terms of who gets final call on on shipping a, a project? Does that sound right? Do I have that correct? I don't think there's anything formal in place. I mean, there's nothing that says that nobody's in charge. I mean, I've heard Ben say a few times, like get out of frustration because he thinks it needs to be a certain way. He's very positive and he'll say, I'm, I'm making the final call. It has to be this way. That will happen sometimes. Does it? Yeah, that's I, happened. I've heard I, it. I, blo- I, mean, I try to block those out. Of it doesn't memory. happen that much um, because usually it doesn't have to. Um, but there's, there's nothing formal that says Ben has the last say. There's nothing. I mean, a lot of the time it's just what the client needs and people, most of us are, we're able to put our ego in check enough. I mean, to say, 
this is what's best for the project or the, you know, or certain thing just isn't important enough to really argue about it. Yeah. I mean, I a, a very specific example that I can think of and uh, was when we were building the beta site. <laughs> um, Beta.rallyinteractive.com. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which man. is kind of blew up the web when it came out. Don't ask Anson about that. Did that happen? Blew up the blew web. It, up. it blew up the web. It got a lot of attention. More than it deserved. <laughs> Won some awards. Won some sweet awards. Tell us that. how you really feel. Well, so it let me. Stinks. Let me uh, Anson was one of the lead engineers on that site, and it there was some pretty technical. You challenges. can tell it's his baby. I don't know, <laughs> it's man. A stinky a baby. Of, a bunch of people got involved, and it was weird because it was we had just hired two new engineers at the same time, and um, we didn't. We didn't vet them like super well. We didn't know probably their exact skill level and capability and all that stuff. They're they're pretty good, but um, maybe not as much experience as we thought that they had. One of them was supposed to kind of finish up a project that was already going on that we had, but we ended up not feeling comfortable turning it over. And so um, they were moved on to the rally site with, both of them were on the rally site without any kind of direction really. And so it was kind of just like spinning your wheels. And then when I was finally able to move off of that other project and onto the rally site, was that ESPN? What was that? I don't know. Uh, it was ESPN. Yeah. What about from your point of view, Ben, from the design perspective of the beta site, which by the way, when's it coming out of beta? Never, 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 ever. I mean, I, I Ben, ben got really mad a while ago and said, you guys, seriously, we have to make it rallyinteractive.com, not beta. And we were like, okay. I think when it yeah, comes going on, as a studio, I, I think it's just, just this, this thing that is like, as a small studio, we just have this thing where it's just like, if it's your own work, it's just like, you, you work on it long enough, you hate it, and then you're just apathetic and you're just like, you kind of let it die. So I didn't I know. It's, there's it, a lot more But, to but talk I did want to real quick back up real quick. To like this this decision, there's this in in the rally site. This is really silly visual decision that had to get made, and the whole design team was sort of like had different opinions about it. Some people agreed, but it was like the ribbon at the time. I really felt strongly the ribbon like had to have some color in it when you first got on there. I was like, this needs color, and we had this big discussion over like whether or not it should have color. And finally, it just it it's and this has happened before too. It, it it becomes like a little bit of a democratic. I know it's scary. Like you don't want to get into like too many cooks in the kitchen kind of situation. But it, I felt really strongly. But like everybody else was just like, no, it's got to be gray, and then it gets the color when they start interacting. I mean, with this it. was. I mean, it's you're skipping all kinds thing. of stuff. Like there was a bunch of decisions that were made. This is kind of typical how not to work for yourself. You know, you you go this. You have an idea. There's this ribbon idea, which is sort of the theme. It's like what you see when you land on the website. But it it didn't do it, originally. It didn't really do much, and they were they just you made it move like pretty early on. But that was it. It just animated, and it that was it. And then it eventually <laughs> turned into something much more important. It turns into the um, navigation, navigation menu yeah. and like all this kind of stuff. And then people were contributing these ideas 
That was midway through dev yeah. when we made that decision. That was which, way after we started that we decided, oh, let's make this thing. That might have been menu. when things really started to go around. And so it's it's that typical when you work for yourself, you kind of let your it's like scope creep, right? It's the worst thing possible with client projects. And then when it's your own, you're the client. <laughs> and you let you it can't happen. say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just like you're the worst client in the world. And so the and so and the case studies are super long. It was a major technical challenge. Um, I don't know. It was and, and the case studies, like to be honest, I was very like I was so enthralled with the TN last case studies that it's like we need to tell the story. On the case studies are good. The problem is that they're because they're so long. The way that we were making a super smooth transition just for technic like the technical thing behind it it has to put it on the GPU or something and ma- to make it a, a lot smoother animation but because it's so long it's huge and it's bigger right and it's bigger means it's slower because it takes more time to put on the GPU so there were a lot of things that kind of conspired against us that we didn't really anticipate that just we wanted to do this and we wanted to do that and those things together made it much harder than we thought that it would be. And so there, there were a lot of bugs and we were perfectionists. I mean, but going beyond like, just like from a content perspective, like I, what, one thing we learned is like, I thought we were cut out to like, cause we, we have a queue of like a dozen other great projects that a lot of people haven't heard about and that like have good stories to them, but that somebody's got a, nobody, everybody's busy and nobody really wants to like sit down and like write it. And so that was a mistake as well, because I don't want to say mistake, but there's a lot of other stories to tell on products that we've done with other clients. And it's just, it's what, it's what TN Lax was able to do and continue to push out those case studies was super impressive. Like that was probably one of the most impressive things is that they had another new project and somebody spent a lot of time writing that case study and churning out some new content for it. Which is something I, we I feel like really I kind of got off topic, but the question was how do we make decisions and when we disagree and stuff, right? Yes. It was. So there's like the gray one. We we didn't even have a we didn't have a landing page. It was just the work only, case studies only. There was nothing that said, "Hey, this is Rally's site or anything." It didn't have a company page. Didn't, didn't have, have Rally. Didn't have just, pictures yeah. of us. Didn't have words of, uh, anything about us. And so we thought that maybe we needed to add that. So there's like this: What does the ribbon do? Because what color is it? If it's our company, and so there's a lot of debate and if, if, if you can, I guess in my experience, if you can find a, a team that and, and, and a certain uh, decision that needs to be made and you can tell there's like a strong uh, majority that feels a certain way, even if you might have in a formal setting, the final say, I feel pretty strongly that you shouldn't like allow the people that you've hired. If they're feeling strongly about it, like, you trust them, like let them make that call. But sometimes that also depends. Like they, you, you have to be transparent with them so they know like all the ins and outs, which I think is harder in a bigger company. I mean, I guess what you're saying is, did you disagree? You didn't want it to be great. Oh did, my gosh, you, yeah. you had to be convinced. I think you were eventually. A lot of times, I think it's not that it was Reddit first, right? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I mean, the original one like had it was like this reddish color. Yeah. And it was a different color per uh, project case study whatever but i i had but the color didn't really make sense for the company because there isn't a brand color and but i mean going back to the decisions i just i feel like we convinced so i think that it's this is that's a really hard question to answer is like how do you resolve arguments you know if you don't agree and i think that a lot of times not always but i think that a lot of times we argue about it a lot 
and then somebody actually their mind somehow changes or they Not, care less at that point. They're just I mean, like, that's true too. This. But yeah. in this case, I think that you actually got kind of excited about it. You're like that. I think that makes sense. I think it's going to be good. And I don't know. I mean, it's not like it would have killed the site if it had color or something. No, but, but, but I, I also just feel like there was a moment for me where I was just like, I'm working with this incredible team. You just of like designers. put trust in them. These people that you hired. Yeah. Basically. I mean, you, yeah, it's just like, you should you, give an award. <laughs> Internal awards. Yeah, that, we don't get any awards. The employees color. at Rally don't get any awards. We don't get. I mean, we're oh, we're not appreciated <laughs> either. Oh no. Uh, why not just flip beta, and then iterate on that? Yeah, it's really pretty. There won't be any more iterating. It's, it's. I mean, we can do case studies, I, but I, I will be like. The design team really would love to just just make it the URL. It's fine, but like engineering has this like they care more about the, all of the problems in it. It's really weird because I feel like that's actually like the reverse with a lot of companies. The design teams are the ones that care and they see all the cracks in the little things. But at Rally, it's like the design team is like, dude, just it's it's ninety percent done. Just flip the switch, and the engineering team is just pretty balled up about like all of the problems on the technical I mean, side i think some of us are and visual side i mean like me and wes probably care more about those types of things because we're sort of we don't like perfectionist I mean, adam's like that too as far well with some of the stuff like it's technically like a like a site that does scroll jacking type stuff you know when you hit the scroll wheel it doesn't scroll it does something else and we hate that and that's fair. That's fair. Um, and it, so, it is fair. So is I fair. actually it came up, fair. like the original thing, the thing I spent the most time on early on was prototyping this idea that um, it's kind of adapted from, I think Huge's site had a redesign or something. And it's a little bit different because they had more going on kind of. Ours was a little bit simpler, I think. But the idea was that it does a scroll jacky, annoying to me thing. When you land on the site, you hit, your scroll wheel, it does this thing and it's kind of obnoxious in my opinion. But then after it does that, you're kind of looking at a normal site at that point and it's just content just flows and it's a reg- you have a scroll bar and it's just a normal site kind of at that point with neat visual aids like sliders and things like that. Um, and I had this prototype working super well. It was super smooth. It was great. And then we put all the real stuff in it and it just killed it. Like it didn't work well all the browsers had bugs and they were all different from each other. And so it was fragile. That kind of, it's a fragile site and you know, everyone reported bugs and it's just like, that's not going to be fixed. I mean, they, it's just, just like a nightmare to. situation for them where I feel like they just can't recover from it. It so would be, this is, uh, the site design and the way it's executed is so inappropriate for most webs. I mean, you would not want to do this for normal clients. I don't think. It impresses people. It, it's impressive. It's the perfect thing for like, you have to know your demographic, right? And our demographic for this site is people who really... Other people are in our, in our industry. Who like I mean. jerk off to this kind of <laughs> site. <laughs> Would it work better if you built in Corona? Just to bring it back. Uh, no. Okay. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's not a web thing, but... <laughs> we are over time. Thanks for explaining. Yeah. Uh, before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, plug? Anson? Yeah. The Anson Design Awards. The Anson Design yeah, I'm Awards. I'm starting up a design uh, award site. 
entry fees are a thousand dollars and um i give out the awards for free but um they're they're for bad sites are you gonna are you gonna plug your your <laughs> twitter handle you. no the answer i'm probably gonna de- i'm probably gonna delete my twitter account for the second time do you want us to link to your dribble account you want some followers Nah. yes yes <laughs> I don't. You'll never work. have any work on it. I don't it, work on there. And, on it. Mm. But maybe if you get more followers, you'll be inspired to put up a tilted, forty-five degree angle, three D mock of a website. Yeah, bringing I mean, it back. You can bring it back. I don't think it'll make a difference if I have followers because I don't really. I mean, say what? it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. On Twitter, all I I post jokes on Twitter, and that's it. I don't. I don't know. That's just fun. I just make fun of stuff. That's what Twitter is, right? I have like twenty followers, I think. Yeah. All right, we'll link and to your Twitter. So it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll do the it. I'll do the normal thing. You know, so you uh, thanks for listening and follow Rally on Twitter. Let's go Rally. Follow uh, Ben on Twitter. He needs, Yo he needs more followers. Yo Klein. Um, and yeah, I mean, just uh, we're we're flattered to be on here. Honestly, it's really really flattering. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, I never expected to be invited to something like this. I mean cool podcast and you i mean it's i'm in good company being on invited to this because there are some really big names people that i respect and that's i don't know coming from me i think that means something because i don't respect <laughs> most people true story true but story. like that is the best compliment i mean honestly i don't know how you guys secured some of the people that you've interviewed on this show thanks man like look at you appreciate that faith <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing thank you Anson. you're uh, welcome All right, guys, thanks again for your time. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. That was it. That was episode 105. We made it. We hope you dug it. Done dug it. Dugged it. If you did, let us know on iTunes. Uh, Ratings are so helpful. They help us move up the charts, help new people find the show. And we love reading your comments. Give us feedback, of course. Uh, To do that, just open iTunes or your podcast app on your computer or phone. Give us a star review and write us some feedback if you want. We love reading it. Also, join our Slack team, spec.fm slash Slack. We've got over 3,500 folks in there chatting about design, development, tools. And every Friday, we host an open critique. So if you want to get some feedback on your work, check us out on Fridays. Before we go, just want to thank our sponsor, Wayno, one more time. Wayno is an amazing digital and web agency doing incredible, incredible work. And they are sponsoring the show because they want you to just check them out. They're supporting the show because they love what we're doing. They want you to know they exist. So go check out their work. They are at ueno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O. They're doing rad work for awesome clients, and they're also hiring. We've got to hang out with some of their designers last week. Join them. So click the careers link in their header. They're also hiring for an intern position. So if you need a kickstart in your career, go to ueno.co and tell them we sent you. We'll see you next week with more from Epic Currents.